0: Today is Tuesday, December 12th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Benjamin Netanyahu says there's a long way to go, but the beginning of the end is near in Gaza. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Subscribe, leave a rating, all that good stuff. You can email us too. We'd love to hear from you. Quick Start Podcast at CBN.org. That's Quick Start Podcast at CBN.org. Hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. We're getting through the news of the Cray here each and every weekday morning, bright and early. The triumvirate's back today on this Tuesday. Trey and Billy, Trey Goins Phillips, Billy Halliwell. What's up, gentlemen? How's it going? Well, we're all back together. There we go. We're here.
1: <laughs> Let's go. We are all together and happy to be here, too. Yeah. You know, it's a good Tuesday.
0: Dinks. It is. Guys, Dinks. Have you ever heard of Dinks? Have you heard this new trend? No, I haven't. Okay. Sounds terrifying. You're going to learn something on the podcast today, but uh, it is a new group of people who call themselves dinks and uh, they're bragging about it. So we're going to-
1: learning experience for everybody today on the podcast. Well, everybody except you, Dan, because you are in the know. Yes,
0: I am in the know with all the hipster dinks. (laughs) I have so many jokes, I just hung (laughs) back. Well, it's going to get worse, but we we have a lot to get to, including uh, the focus story. What do we have coming up there?
1: So the, the conservative advocacy group One Million Moms uh, are going after Target with a new petition oh boy. over. Yeah, you remember they got in trouble over the summer for all this LGBT-themed yeah. stuff, and they've decided that uh, no better time than Christmas to double down <laughs> to on that down. all over
0: again. So, Oh, boy. All right. We'll get into the details on that. Also, on the main thing, we've got the executive director of Child Evangelism Fellowship talking about their goal to reach... Kids with the Gospel, and also about these after-school Satan clubs. Touched on that. That's coming up on The Main Thing. We're going to get to all that and more, but first, the news in 90 seconds. Israel's Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, over the weekend called for Hamas operatives to lay down their arms, saying that their end was near for the group as the war in Gaza Strip keeps raging. It's been more than two months now since it began. And he said, the war's still ongoing, but it's the beginning of the uh, end of Hamas. I say to the Hamas terrorists, it's over. Don't die for Sinwar. Surrender now. Sinwar's one of their leaders. In the past few days, dozens of Hamas terrorists have surrendered to Israeli forces. The military has, however, not released proof of operative surrendering. We've just seen a few images and claims on line. In the latest sign of an ongoing spiritual awakening in America, a Baptist Church in Oklahoma had more than 700 soldiers attend its exclusive Christmas play last weekend, and 116 of them made a profession of faith in Christ. This is at First Baptist Church of Lawton. They got a 39-foot-tall Christmas tree. takes 40 people and seven hours of work to set it up. Looks like it's paying off. And there's a new social trend on social media. Dinks! These people in these videos basically say how much better their lives are without children. And they say they're dual income, no kids, hence the acronym DING. And they're usually in their late 20s and mid 30s, but have made the choice not to have children in order to afford a more luxurious lifestyle. Those are just some of today's top stories. You can go on over to CBNnews.com. And read more news of the day from a Christian perspective. So there you go, guys. Dinks. These are um, couples who are together, I guess, married or just otherwise together because dual income and no kids. Dinks. So what do you... But the the videos that are going around, I, I didn't want to play a clip of one of them because they're obnoxious, but they're very um, pretentious and just kind of like TikTok short videos. Like, look how great my life is because I have no kids. Um, and I, I don't know. What do you guys think of this trend?
2: I mean, there there may be people who feel called for whatever reason, not to have kids, right? That's one thing to feel like, okay, it's not part of my plan to have children, but to then brag about how much better your life is because you could spend your money on yourself. (laughs) That to me is, is the heart issue, right? right? It's like, okay, well, how about you go, you know, and of course we could all do more, but why don't you give some of that money to a soup kitchen? Like, it's just a weird thing to (laughs) To brag about. Like, look, I'm I'm living wonderfully with all of my money, (laughs) you know? (laughs)
1: yeah well and also I think it sets up this false dichotomy you can have children and have a quality like you can have a good life and it doesn't mean that because I have children I'm foregoing everything that I could ever possibly want and I just live in absolute squalor because I spend all of my right. money on my children right I, I think there's a there's an actual like healthy balance there between the two and I yeah I think there are people who like you said Billy who Either the opportunity never came around, so they never had children, uh, or they were called to not have children for whatever reason. Maybe the kind of ministry that they were that they're doing you know, precludes them from really being able to spend the time with children the way that they would need to. Uh, and then there are people who do have children, but saying that you're not having children because of your own selfish desires, like that being the impetus for not having children, I think right. is uh, is not. Uh, it's just evidence of our sin, right? It's it's a product of sin nature. Foregoing any good thing with the root motivation being selfishness and pride uh, right. is a problem. That's a sin issue.
0: Right. Dual income right in the name. So clearly it's just money focused, right? Like it's just here's right. how money, much money we have because we don't spend it on our kids. And like to your point, like you can have different scenarios. I mean, generally speaking, you know, you're going to, most people are going to have kids. I mean, it's just kind of the way it goes when you're you know, it's kind of keeping the keeping the command to go forth and multiply. But like you said, there are instances yeah. where if circumstances or just uh, like you said, a ministry opportunity, whatever the case might be uh, in a dangerous part of the world, whatever, there might be a reason, right? There are a lot of examples in the Bible of people who didn't have kids that we know of. And so um, it's just, I also just don't like this general, like I need to glorify my situation in life. Like what? Yeah. Like if I'm running around talking about you know my my family and I you know I have four kids. If I just go around saying we're uh, two parent four kids and you're bad if you got two kids and that's dumb. Look how awesome my four kids is. You know it's just why why are we like grouping these things together? I mean this is something I think I've seen with other different categories as well. I I just don't get that. Uh, you know I don't yeah, get prideful. that desire. Yeah.
2: It's also prideful. I mean, it's like, you know, this is the best way to live, like right. live my life. And I just, I find it, it's just kind of gross. It's like this. And I think, look, this is what we get in a culture where we teach people to glorify themselves only, right? This yeah. is what happens. It's it's the natural progression. Who needs to be selfless? Who needs a kid? Who needs any of that? It's all about me.
1: Yeah. Well, I th- I think there's that. And then I think we also live in a culture that we have this tendency is fallen human beings, regardless, but especially with social media, we have this tendency to compare our situation to every situation okay. a- across the board. Uh, and then it comes down naturally to some sort of competition that we've created. It's an artificial competition of like my decision to not have children or, or my lifestyle with children, whatever is better than yours. When in reality, it's just different. Like there are some people who are, who are sinfully choosing not to have children or I shouldn't say sinfully, but the motivation for not having children is sinful and that's a problem. But the people who don't have kids, if they have a good reason, maybe they just never got married. They don't have kids, whatever. That's fine. It doesn't make their life any better or worse than the believer who ended up getting married in their twenties or thirties, whatever, and having children. Like yeah. it's just different, right? I mean, the Lord has has different paths for all of us. Uh, obviously, there is a biblical biblical command, as you said, Dan, to to multiply, to have children. That's the reason, one of the reasons God uh, created the institution of marriage is to continue the creation uh, of, uh, of human beings. So yeah, that's, that's a command there, uh, but it's not better or worse, but I think we live in this social media age where we're forced or we force ourselves to play this comparison game, which ultimately leads to all kinds of, yeah, all kinds of sin.
0: It really, really does. Um, and I just look, I just found that trend particularly Alarming. I mean, we talked about on the podcast yesterday where you had Fauci talking about how he doesn't feel like he needs God for his morals and ethics. He can do that very all fine on his own. And I just see more and more of that sort of thinking, right? Like it's just a me, me. I I've got this. I don't need any other help outside. That's just it's pervasive. And I think some of that can seep into our Christian walks too in different forms. So it's uh it's good to be aware of what the trends are so we can. Uh, you know, look, iron sharpens iron. We got to keep talking about these things so that we can keep walking on the narrow path, right? Because it's not always so uh, black and white. It's it's not always so obvious. And so uh, we need to talk these things out. So, all right, moving movingon.com. We're going to head over to the focus story now. And 1 million moms has a petition against Target. So what are they saying here?
1: Yeah, so obviously Target is one of the largest chains, uh, largest employers uh, in the United States, or the largest retail employers I should say in the United States. Uh, and they are selling LGBT themed Christmas items uh, this year. And that has obviously raised uh, concerns uh, with groups like One Million Moms, which is a pretty big conservative advocacy group, uh, obviously focused on parents, on on moms. Uh, and they released a statement saying, uh, Target has made a deliberate decision to to display controversial products instead of wholesome ones at Christmas, a Christian holiday. This is a terrible plan on Target's part, especially at this time of year, the season that should be the most profitable time of the year for companies. And so far, the petition has garnered uh, about fifteen thousand signatures, uh, which is quite a lot. For I mean, the the petition hasn't really been up that long. It just went up uh, a couple days ago. Already got fifteen thousand signatures. It's getting uh, a lot of. Uh, focus on social media. So I'm sure that number is going to be growing. Uh, But they went on to say 1 Million Moms went on to say that Target's uh, progressive product choices are both offensive and completely unnecessary.
0: I hesitate, almost hesitate to ask this, Trey, but what are they selling? (laughs)
1: Yeah, so I mean, anybody who's who's been on social <laughs> media at this point has probably seen some of it because whether you're conservative or liberal or anywhere in between, it's been kind of all over social media this year. Uh, but in November, this is late November, and it's getting a lot of social media play this week as we're getting obviously closer to the actual big day, Christmas Day, uh, Target is selling LGBTQ-themed Nutcrackers. Uh, so they're dressed in rainbow like soldier, toy soldier type outfits. They're wearing hats that have uh, rainbow colors on them. And then they're also carrying the like far leftist pride flag, LGBTQIA plus. Uh, pride flag that's got all these colors on it and the transgender flag is also in there uh, and then the the bisexual asexual like all all of these you know different sexual identities are represented in this flag and then they're also selling a 10-inch Fabergé pride santa uh, this is only on their website I think I have not seen it in any stores so maybe it's being sold in some stores but it's apparently designed by some well-known fashion or uh, interior designer his name is kurt adler uh, and it's 80 dollars which i think is kind of wow like crazy who's going to target to buy this huge like this 10 inch (laughs) santa for 80 dollars who's yeah right nobody he's wearing a santa suit and then if you open up his uh, the santa jacket he's got a t-shirt on that says love is love and then he's holding a a big uh, pride flag on a a golden pole Uh, so yeah it's (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't know who would want that to be in their house. It's an ugly, it's just ugly, but you know, whatever. I, I, so those are the two things that's, that that are getting a lot of attention Goodness. right now for Christmas.
0: Goodness. And you kind of, you kind of alluded to this at the top of the podcast that it's, it's kind of been an ongoing issue for target. So can you, can you give a little more background on wh- what they seem to be doing?
1: Yeah. What's crazy to me is that uh, over the summer, well, I guess, late spring, early, uh, early summer target, made a lot of headlines uh, across the board around the country uh, because they started selling all of these LGBTQ themed items. Obviously, June is Pride Month. uh, So they had a huge display at the front of most of their stores. I even live in central Virginia. I live right in Lynchburg. So uh, Liberty University is literally right across the street from Target. uh, And they have so largely conservative Christian right. town. There's a church on every street corner here, uh, and there's this. In, I mean, and we don't even have a big Target, but we've got this Target store, and then this huge Pride section right up front that was <laughs> hardly touched because who here is is buying all of this stuff? Do you think that?
0: Tar- uh, I mean, sorry to interrupt, Trey, but do you think the yeah, Target? Yeah. I mean, to your point about you know you know your the demographics in the area right there. Do you think the Target in Saudi Arabia, if there is one, has the Pride <laughs> stuff out front? I just I'm just. I'm just asking.
1: <laughs> I would guess no. Oh, they're going to skip that. Yeah.
0: But <laughs> yeah, anyway, yeah. I digress. Sorry to interrupt.
1: Uh, Go ahead. No, no. So yeah, over over the course of of the late spring, early summer, uh, Target is estimated, and CBN News has a story. You can check it out. We have it up on faithwire.com too. But uh, they lost reportedly around $9 billion with a B. Uh, over the summer, this is estimates just because of the people who either started boycotting, decided not to shop at Target, uh, who are so turned off by the product placement of these things that they may have walked into Target and then just turned around and left and said, I'm not dealing with this. There's this huge pride section that there's kind of forcing it down our throats, especially in a conservative area like I'm in. There are plenty of other areas, too, that are more conservative leaning. And they've got these huge pride sections right up at the front of the store, which I, I don't know. Obviously, I haven't been into every target across the country but i part of me wonders like are they intentionally making the pride section more prominent in areas that are more conservative just to, right. to kind like of a make mission. a point yeah yeah so i don't i don't i don't know I, I can't say that with any sort of definitive information but it would be interesting to know so i don't know if, if other people who are listening do y'all remember that were there huge pride sections at all of y'all stores too just let yeah. us know it's for anyone interesting.
0: for anyone who's still in a uh, massive superstore desert and the only option you have is target and you still go to target uh yeah definitely email us it'd be interesting to hear if they've got these displays in your area and if your area is generally an area that maybe isn't you know super receptive to the lgbt you know propaganda machine so quick start podcast at cbn.org so any any final thoughts on this one Trey, Before. Uh, before yeah, one thing
1: that I wanted to add is so back in May when all of this first came up, uh, Beckett Cook—he's we've talked to him, had him on before. He's a former Hollywood uh, designer, set designer. He's a fashion designer. He used to identify as gay. He has since become a Christian and has abandoned that lifestyle. And he was talking about Target and and other just the media in general and other corporations and he said that he just sees a coordinated effort between so many large American corporations and the entertainment industry to normalize all of these different kinds of sexualities, particularly transgenderism and homosexuality. He said we were inundated with TV shows, movies, media, social media. The 90s was really the decade where it took off with shows like Will and Grace and Sex in the City that had gay characters in it and after decades of that happening, he said, we've just be- become so inundated with it that it's been completely normalized in our culture so so many corporations I think, don't even think about it. They just put this, this stuff up and they think, well, everybody agrees with this. Uh, when in reality, of course, this is still right. very much a conversation and Christians obviously have a, a very different view on this because we know how God designed sexuality, what he designed sexuality to look like. Uh, so it, it is interesting, but I think there is some truth of what he's saying is that we've reached the point where it's just so commonplace in our culture now because it's been shoved down our throats for years and years and years.
0: Yeah. I mean, it really does seem at what point. Does the pendulum swing back so uh but i appreciate bringing that one to the podcast we're sort of running late on time here We're going to move on to the main thing now. And Bill, you caught up with the executive director of Child Evangelism Fellowship. What did you guys talk about?
2: Yeah, Moises Estevez. We talked about these after-school clubs, right? The Good News Clubs, which are Christian clubs. Mm -hmm. Um, They've been around for a long time. But we also got into the after-school Satan Clubs and really what he believes the intent is behind those clubs to dismantle his um, organization. And and really the shocking thing that we've seen happen that's probably not making some of the satanists the happiest.
0: All right, we'll look forward to this conversation. That's today's main thing.
2: A few years ago, the Satanic Temple, they decided they were going to launch their own after-school clubs. The After-School Satan Club is what they call it. Uh let's let's talk about that a little bit. What do you think the impetus was? Why do you think they created these after-school clubs?
3: Well, at the time, actually the whole effort was launched with an article I believe the Washington Post in 2016 launched an article about these Satan clubs that was kind of their debut. And, and, uh, they specifically choose clubs, at uh, schools. They, they pay no attention to schools where we don't have good news club, but they specifically choose schools where we have good news clubs. Uh, and they come and make a big, a big splash with the media. They invite all the media to come and, um, And basically, their strategy is to shut down our clubs. And so they bring the media and they present themselves as, you know, satanic, which gets everybody riled up. And so the parents get upset and the administrators get upset. And so the initial reaction is, is we can't let them in. And, uh, of course, that's what they want. They want to be pushed out. Because once they're pushed out, they will actually use our victory that we had in, in the United States Supreme Court in 2001 to then turn around and file a lawsuit against the school to say, hey, we have the right to be there. And then the school, if the school still wants to push them out, they got to shut down all the after school clubs. That's their strategy. Um, and has, so- that been,
2: has that been an effective strategy in terms of shutting any of your clubs down?
3: Not really. I mean, when this thing initially came out, it was a shock for everybody. Um, There was some, uh, I think, two or three clubs in a particular school district in the East Coast that superintendent sort of overreacted and shut it, shut them down. But a month or two later, uh, they were reopened. So really, it hasn't accomplished their goals uh, to shut our clubs up. As a matter of fact, sometimes it does the opposite because Christians that are not aware about the the work we do in the public schools, they're not aware of Child Evangelism Fellowship. They go, hey, we like what you guys are doing. Can we help? So it, it helps us have more clubs. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting. I, I have in front of me right
2: now from the Satanic Temple's website, it says the after school Satan Club does not believe in introducing religion into public schools and will only open a club if other religious groups are operating on campus. And so your point, what you said, they actually open on their website saying that, you know, we specifically choose schools that have other religious groups there. Um, so that is that is interesting. The other point you made that I think is worth really digging into here that this actually has the opposite effect in your view of of maybe invigorating christians and actually bringing attention to the work that you are doing that that's really interesting have you had people and maybe this is tough to answer i don't know off the cuff but who have come to you and said hey we didn't know about this work we saw an article about the satanic temple we saw this was going on and we found out that you exist we want to help we want to be involved
3: yes we've 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 seen many stories like that because what happened so there They run to the media as part of their strategy to make a big, scary splash, right? Well, when the media jumps into the story, then they want to hear the other side. They want to hear our side. So they come and ask questions and so on. And so when the articles go out, a lot of Christians are, you know, initially, when you see the headline, it's a little scandalized uh, about, you know, Satan clubs coming to school. But then when they start reading, they read about this organization that, teaches the Bible every week in public schools. And so, yes, we've had testimonies about um, people getting involved just because uh, they they love what we're doing. And, and what we're doing has a huge impact on children. Years ago, we did a, a, a survey with principals, principals that were hosting Good News Clubs in their public schools. And we had great feedback. 87% of them were aware that uh, that their club had had a positive impact; they had heard stuff, and the club had was having a positive impact in their school. We had comments from principals saying that uh, the the club has reduced the number of referrals to the office, as as decreased bullying, uh, because that's the power of the gospel. When when you begin to teach uh, children about the Lord, and and they are saved, and and the Holy Spirit begins to live in them and transform them and help them, they begin to change. And so people around them will notice. We have so many stories like that, uh, including a kid that was, he said on camera to the teacher, who said, Listen, I used to be a bully, but this club has changed me and I gave up bullying. I'm a nice guy now. <laughs> and uh, we get that all the time. That's the power of the gospel. And so perhaps the administrators are not christians they don't fully understand what the gospel does to people but they see the benefits and the positive impact of the club and the school yeah it it is interesting that that you know they have
2: this strategy on the other side the satanist side and and let's address something here because this has been as, as somebody who covers these stories a frustration point of mine you know because they walk out and they say we're satanists right and there are different types of Satanists. There are theological Satanists. There are non-theological Satanists. And this particular group, the Satanic Temple, can you describe what it is they actually believe and what, what their identity actually is for us so we just get a sense of where they're coming from?
3: Sure. They, they, they claim to—well, they, they present themselves as a religion, okay? So they, they want to come to the schools and have the same rights as we do. We're a religious group. We make no excuses about it they present themselves also as a religious group. So they want to have the same rights that other religious groups have. But then when you start asking, well, do you worship Satan? Oh, we don't, we really don't. But listen, here's, here's something that's very telling. And that is in Detroit in 2015 is when they dedicated this eight 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 and a half foot tall, uh, sort of a devilish creature. The thing weighs about 3,000 pounds. I forgot what metal is made of, but it's a massive thing. There's actually two kids, one boy, one girl, on the side of this creature, looking to the creature in this, uh, you know, this expression of amazement in awe. But to dedicate this um, this statue, uh, seven seven hundred people attended. The requirement to get a ticket was this: you have to sell your soul to Satan. That was the requirement. You can read about this. So they one side of their mouth they said, oh no, we don't worship Satan, but but when the other side of their mouth, a lot of the stuff they do is very much in 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 worship and 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 adoration of Satan. So there's no doubt that that they're saving, saving serving Satan. And and of course the good news club has a much better message because the message of the gospel is a message of love and forgiveness. And I'm telling you, children desperately need that.
0: All right. Great conversation there, Billy. And, uh, you know, my, my daughter works for CEF, does a lot of those good news clubs, it, it is remarkable. It's remarkable how many kids show up and it's not all just kids that go to church. A lot of other kids go to and the Christmas shows they do. We just did a weekend of that and it's incredible. It's really a great outreach.
2: Yeah, no, it is. And it's, and it's a powerful testament to just being present, right? In difficult places.
0: Yeah. And, and another thing too, it's just a great opportunity for the kids to get them out there and um, sharing the gospel. And it's really fun to watch them own that and them do that. It's very, very cool stuff. So, all right. That's going to leave us here with time for one last thing on the podcast today.
2: This one is a simple one. It's 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we live by faith, not by sight. Just a reminder, you know, we want to see everything before us and see and feel and hear, but we have to rely on faith as we are guided through our lives.
1: Mm, Absolutely. Amen.
0: All right. Good spot to leave it on the podcast today. As always, get on over to cbnnews.com, faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. Lord willing, and that creek don't rise. We shall return tomorrow with more. God bless. We'll see you then.